Hey, Verse Course Versers, Sven here, just wanting to remind you to like and follow our podcasts. We'd love to hear from you, so hit us up on Instagram at Verse Course Verse Pod or VerseCourseVerse.com. Man, it feels so sweet, life has become sour candy. I am a happy boy, now click and like and please reach me. Coming up on Verse Course Verse, the good and bad of Nebraska by Bruce Springsteen by The Killers. It's all for show if it's the mold, I wanna be Gen Z. So damn remarkable, they grew up on technology. Welcome to Verse Course Verse, episode 54. I am DL. With me is Rachel, lover of this album, Polio. Rachel, how are you today? I'm doing great. I'm ready for some day drinking. It's daytime. Let's get wasted. It's sunny. It's 3 p.m. my time. It's 2 p.m. my time. I'm more day drinking. That's true. It's what they call a one-up. Not impressed by your drink is the visual that I'm getting. No, it just it's a little off because I'm a little off. Let's have DL's council corner. Rachel, why are you off today? Why am I off? Oh, you literally just said you're off personally. I thought I was just like, because it's Saturday, David, and I work for the government. (laughs) No, I was repeating to you what you had said four seconds prior. Yeah, Yeah. yeah. honestly, it's a combination of life and then listening to this album. Like I've told you before, uh, I need to listen to happy things. When I sit with the music, I get really sad or really happy or whatever the f- music is feeling. And this is just whew, hopeless and depressing. It's a bummer, <laughs> it, man. It just kind of, yeah. It really is. Let's get this done so I can... Put on some T-Swift, right? Sure. Yeah. I like T-Swift. hey Taylor drink. Swift, right? Yeah. Oh, drink. motherfucker! <laughs> For those of you that don't know, Rachel just got got... Because this season, we have a drinking rule where we have very specific artists if we say we have to drink. <laughs> and I got her. That was tricky. Tricky snicky. Long distance high what? five. Thank you. Speaking of music, the artist that you heard coming into the episode, that song, that was Happy Boy! Exclamation point by Stephen.dmg. That is S-T-E-P-H-E-N dot Delta Mike Golf, young artist out of Florida, kind of a trip hoppy, lyrical hip hop sort of thing. I really dig the song coming in, Happy Boy, if you listen to the lyrics to that. It is a refreshing sound for a younger artist to be talking that way about social media and popularity. I really love it. He is going to be featured in this episode during the breaks and the intro. Really dig it, obviously, because I put it on here. Steven, S-T-E-P-H-E-N dot D-M-G. You can find him anywhere. Spotify, you can go to his Instagram. His Instagram is at Steven dot D-M-G. Follow him, download. We support independent artists around these parts, right? Right. This album we speak of, we've actually already talked about. We talked about in season one in a quickfire review four or five minutes of conversation, and it got heated. It got so heated that I decided, you know what we need to do? We need to have a here's where you're wrong episode, an episode where Rachel and I argue over something that one of us loves and one of us hates, because it's very rare in this world that there is something out there that with (laughs) Rachel and I, one of us doesn't love and one of us doesn't hate. Pizza? Oh my God. I like pizza. I like pizza too. Well, we are Ninja Turtles after all, right? Well, you guys... I'm April. April. Oh, yeah. You're April. You're (laughs) stupid April. Fuck you. (laughs) No, I think if anything, you're probably, I think you and I are both Donatello's as much as we wouldn't want to be. Okay. The only thing I know for certain is Sven is a Michelangelo. 110%. Mm -hmm. Pressure Machine by The Killers. This album came out last year. 
to a lot of very positive reviews. Yeah, Rachel and I, here's where you're wrong. Volume two, we're going to argue about this album. We're going to talk about my issues with it and why she thinks it's amazing. Before we do that, though, we need to get into the most important part of the day. (laughs) Feels weird to say. Yeah. Uh, Rachel, what are you drinking today? Well, I kind of wanted to go on theme a little bit. Crappy Midwestern town. Jim Beam or I wanted some like Mad Dog or something, but I was a little Colt 45. lazy to leave the house. So I grabbed some crystal light. Oh no. <laughs> it's like strawberry crystal light in Malibu, is what it is. Oh, good God. I, it's not bad. I really don't like crystal light. It's very gross to me. It's so good. This one is uh strawberry with caffeine because Sometimes I get tired when I'm drinking. Yeah. Let's rev it up. When was the last time we did an episode where you weren't drinking a margarita? Uh, season one, There was right? that wild turkey uh, frappuccino thing a while back. That was really good. Yeah, but that was season one, was wasn't it? Ago, yeah. You were on a very big margarita kick. Um, I wish I had a margarita. So what do you have? Day drinking, speaking of caffeine, this is what they call an Irish coffee. <sighs> Except I did not have enough Jameson. I'm very, very sad. So I had to use a little bit of wild turkey rye, Hmm. which I actually got from some co-workers. Very, very nice present. They know you. Uh, My co-workers got me a rye and a Buffalo Trace shirt, which I wore in our last episode, actually. And then I've also got, because I can't just have one drink, for Christmas I got, they're called Herb and Lou's infused cubes. They're these mixers that you put into the freezer mm-hmm. and they turn into ice cubes and then you just put them in your liquor and they that just sounds delicious. blend themselves. That's a great idea. It is a good idea. However, it's not very good. And I also, I was being a little adventurous and I used some cachaca, which is a Brazilian liquor, mm-hmm. way too sweet. Mm. So it's a my bad. I should have just, if you're doing an infused ice cube, do vodka. Or, so it's not great, but hey, we're rolling with the punches. Mm-hmm. You actually might, yeah, you might want to look into those. Urban Lou's infused ice cubes. It, it seems good. like a Rachel-ish thing. It sounds like something I would put in my mouth. <laughs> That's too easy. That's what we're doing tonight. Before we get to a break, though, there's been a story <sighs> that has come up mm-hmm. over the last 24 hours-ish that we're going to touch on. I really wish that Evil and Sven were here so that we had everybody's opinions. And honestly, I don't know that I've built an opinion on this yet. I'm a little confused, which people don't let themselves be anymore. Right when something happens, you have to be extremely on one side Hmm. and I'm just not there yet. I'm talking about as of yesterday and today, Neil Young and Joni Mitchell have both requested their music be taken off of Spotify due to Joe Rogan's vaccination opinions or i don't know what you call it if it's an idiot on a podcast misinformation yeah opinion it's basically about spreading misinformation okay so i it seems like you have some stronger ideals on this than i do so i'm gonna let you start and i'm gonna try to go off of that what what are what are your thoughts on this I have so many thoughts, and I think it's probably honestly better that neither of us have super, super strong feelings and haven't really formed our ultimate opinion yet, because that way nobody's going to cancel us. Yeah. (laughs) 
And we are on Spotify. So that also a little hypocritical to, adds to, into the whole yeah. mixture of things. I will say I have very much thought over the last, and not because of Joe Rogan, and I'm not saying I agree with Joe Rogan, but over the last mm-hmm. couple of weeks, few weeks, I've actually thought about getting rid of my Spotify subscription and just going Amazon mm-hmm. because they pay their artists more. And it's not like, oh, there's a lot more soul over there at Amazon. Right. There is some very <laughs> icky things about Spotify. And there's just icky things everywhere. And that sucks. Where is the line for people of bad things happen with all these different companies? Does that mean we can't interact with all these companies? I had I dated this guy once, big piece of garbage, but he was very much like these people's last name. uh, His name is Jake. He lives in Washington, (laughs) D.C., I think. I'm not positive. I think he works for the government. Horrible human being. But we were dating right around the time the war in Iraq started and he's like these companies you dated in uh, the, the early 90s the war in Iraq post 9-11 yeah yeah okay post 9-11 is that not in Iraq that was in Iraq there's right? multiple Iraq wars I was Fair. trying to make a joke like obviously you wouldn't have been dating when you were fucking six you don't know me I failed George Bush Jr. not senior <laughs> yes okay uh George George Bush Jr. W. so all these companies are supporting the war Therefore, we can't buy from these companies. Supporting the war? Supporting the war in like somebody in their company had said something sometime or they had funded some company that made weapons for the war. It was like these red scare kind of. Exactly. And it was like, I need a new bra. Well, you can't shop at Victoria's Secrets. I need lotion. Well, you can't shop in Bath and Body Works. And I'm like, well, for the fuck am I going to? Yeah. What am I going to do with my life? And it was one of those things. It's hard to live your life with all of these different things, but I also support fully if you have strong opinions and you have enough money to say fuck you to a certain company, Mm -hmm. go for it. But all of the rest of us that don't have enough money to flip off everyone that upsets us slightly. Yeah. Well, and that's the very, very small amount that I've read on this, and it's very small. I wanted to read what Neil Young said specifically. And from what I gathered, that's basically what he said is let the free market decide. Yeah, which absolutely. I'm not mad at that. There's actually a couple things over the past few years that Neil Young, he's always been a political figure, but I actually don't agree with a lot of things that he's been about over the last five or six years. Just personal. I'm not anti mm-hmm. Neil Young. There's just things I disagree with him with. I still like his music and I feel like that's not a thing anymore in the world. Yeah. You just can't disagree with people or else your enemies. Mm-hmm. Well, and he had, I haven't read this in every article that because the left wing media, right wing media, the media just kind of edited this out. But when he was a kid, he had polio. That's your name. I know it is my name, kind of, but spelled differently. But he also actually got really, really sick. And it was a really bad situation. And so he is very pro vaccine because of that uh-huh. incident and because of other things. So I get where he's coming from, where it's like, If he had had this vaccine when he was younger, it could have saved him and his family a lot of heartache. It could have saved a lot of lives, but that vaccine wasn't invented yet. And so the fact that this man is basically flipping off the FDA, telling everybody, you know, this is government poisoning us, you know, whatever the fuck he's saying, I honestly don't really listen. I get where he's coming from. And again, like I said, he has plenty of money. And so if he wants to take some of his music off of one site, then it's not hurting anyone. I do too. I don't have a strong opinion because I actually used to listen to Joe Rogan podcast. I just thought it was funny. And they talk about things that I thought were fun. Right. And then I think when he got signed by Spotify, I really do feel like he's kind of purposefully doing some of these things. Or, you know, Mm -hmm. when you are somebody that smokes a bunch of pot and has a three hour podcast, could you imagine if we had 30 million listeners, how many sentences we would have been canceled fucking 
four episodes ago. You know, I'd be canceled every other... <laughs> like, people say stupid shit when they're just talking and talking. Yeah. And I'm not making For excuses. Sure. I don't listen to them anymore because it has gotten a little bit silly. But I was actually... We were talking before this. We were going to have Evil on because I think Evil still does listen to it. And I think he... Right. Basically, I would really want to listen to all the things Rogan has said about the vaccination mm -hmm. and exactly what Young said before I make any decision on this is basically where I'm at. Right. The biggest thing for me is that as far as I know, he's never studied medicine. And so he doesn't get an opinion. Yeah. <laughs> We've all to a degree, some of us more than others studied music. Also, if we say something shitty, we're not hurting anyone. Yeah. Nobody's dying because I don't lo love the Beatles or... I mean, I die inside, but that's okay. <laughs> I know. In that way, you should stop talking. I'm actually happy with that. I don't think either of us... Yeah. I am very pro-vaccination. Rachel is too. And I completely agree with what she said. I am a pretty simple guy. And if nine out of 10 brilliant scientists tell me to get a fucking vaccine, although I am usually a disagreer, I'm not an idiot. There is a natural human instinct to just say, whoa, 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 wait a minute. I don't want to mm -hmm. do that because you're telling me to do that. But I'm going to trust the millions of scientists that are telling us that that's what we should do. We, we got to get to this. We're actually talking about pressure machine by the killers <laughs> today. <laughs> We're going to take a break. We'll be right back. Wanted you close. Your tattered hands on my romance, another road. Your shattered glance, you love to dance, but no one knows. Yeah, no one knows. Oh. Okay. <laughs> we are back. Rachel, how you doing? Are you doing a little bit better? Good. You seem like you've chilled out a little bit. You've chilled out a little bit. What do you call that? A top? I'm going to call it the Lane Staley mad season is what I'm going to call it. Mm -hmm. Lane Staley did this thing during his mad season phase. Where he put all his hair up into a ponytail in the very middle of his head. And it, it was way shorter, but it fell like that. <gasps> yeah, I dig it. This is wonderful content. What is that? The the emo something that something? Good. Okay. Yeah, no, that's that's enough for Rachel's like hair corner. Emo. We're done. Drinking game. <laughs> we need to guess each other's favorite song on this album. Before we do that... The song that you heard coming in from the break, that was Mechanical Heart by Steven.DMG. He has an EP that came out last year on all of the networks, Hard to Be So Lonely. Some really good songs on here. Already talked about the vibe, kind of a Florida trance hop feel at Steven.DMG. He has like a, a hyperlink there that'll get you to anywhere that you listen to music. And check him out. I think he's going to be coming out with more stuff this year. We're excited to hear it. Thanks for letting us play the music, Steven. If that is your real name, we're happy to do it. Good stuff by a young artist. Love to support that. Love it. I'm starting with you. It was goddamn impossible. Same. I am... I feel like if you pick one of the top three, then you should just win. Because really, this mm -mm. is this was a really hard one even for me to pick. I think your favorite, and I'm just basing it on Phoebe Bridgers, as I'm saying Runaway Horses. I think the lyrics fit you a little bit. I know you like Phoebe Bridgers. That's what I'm going to say. Rachel, what do you think my favorite song is on this album? I think your favorite song is In the Car Outside. Hmm. 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 <laughs> Good to the last drop. Is that the one where... No, that's Pressure Machine. Yes, I believe so. For those of you that don't know, we now have a wager system for this. At this time, depending on how confident Rachel is, because I'm the only person on the show that gives a one out of 10 rating. And depending on how confident she is on guessing my exact number, if she's one off, two off, 
one of us drinks. You have to guess what I rated this album. Ooh. And then you have to do a wager based on that. Rachel, what? write it down, save it, whatever. No cheating. I trust you. You have it in your head. I'm going to write it down so you think I'm not cheating. But you have to wager it now. How many shots confident are you? On what you rated this. On what I rated this. Not entirely confident. So how many shots do you want to do? One, two, or three? Okay, so with one shot, if she's within two points, it's a draw. No shots for either of us. If she's within one point, I take a shot. If you're off by more than two points, you take a shot. Yeah. Fair? Mm -hmm. Okay. Now let's get to this album. This album came out last year. Like I said, very, very positive reviews. If you go online, Mm -hmm. it's everybody saying, whoa, holy shit, the Killers did something outstanding. I was surprised at how many awards and accolades it didn't get, though, last year. Like so many positive reviews, no real awards, though. Was it nominated for a Grammy? Not that I heard. They're not even having the Grammys, right? (sighs) I don't even know. It was I think it was canceled delayed, but I'm not really sure where they're at right now. Canceled delayed. That sounds intense. Oh, looks like they got delayed till April 3rd. I do. I kind of wish we had evil as a panelist for this one because he really he really hated this album Mm. i was pretty i don't like it but i can see where people would Mm. it seemed like he very much loathed this album and i want to start this whole thing this whole supposed to be a big huge argument thing by saying that i no longer hate this album yeah i don't know why i don't know if there's a little bit of stockholm syndrome going (laughs) on because i've been listening to it so much because that happens to me with albums. It really does. If I listen to an album enough, mm-hmm. my mind's just like, no, you like this. You're good with this. And there's still very, very specific things I passionately do not like about this album. But my can see where people like this has turned into, uh, this is not a bad album. I don't love it the way most reviews were. And I definitely didn't love it the way you did. Mm-hmm. The first thing that I want to complain about, though, (laughs) after researching this, because we had all said at the Quickfire View how much this sounds like Bruce Springsteen. Yes. After researching this, I found out that Brandon Flowers is obsessed with Bruce Springsteen. Oh, I did not know that. He loves Bruce Springsteen. And we've also talked about Bruce Springsteen, who album-wise, I'm just not a huge fan of. That said... Bruce Springsteen came out with an album in the early 80s called Nebraska. It was about these two serial killers. The movie Natural Born Killers was based on these two that went around Nebraska murdering a bunch of people. I love that album. That is a fantastic album. So, hey, Mark Kowal, shout out. There is a Bruce Springsteen album that I very much enjoy. (laughs) But this takes so much from that. And my question to you, Mm -hmm. because it bugs me, at one point, do you get to say, hey, I'm paying homage to this artist that I love. This is my, Mm -hmm. at what point is that an honor? And what point are you just stealing from another artist? That's a great question. Part of me goes, and I don't want to show ages here. That was 40 years ago when Bruce Springsteen put that out. Yeah. Was Brandon Flowers alive when that album was put out? Probably not. I th- Maybe in Dipes? I think it came out in around like 82, which is when I was born. And I think Brandon Flowers is a... 81. So if he He's if he was alive, 80. he was a he was an infant. A year old. Okay, yeah. Because he was a little bit... A year apart, so he was a year old when this came out. Mm-hmm. And so if you wrote an album and it had a feel of somebody who put out something in 83, is it fair to say you're stealing it when you were just a kid? I don't know, man. Well, I, it's, I mean, it's if kind I... It's kind of a, it, a gray line. Not if I just, oh, wow, this actually sounds a lot like 
this group. But if I'm like, mm-hmm. hey, Flock of Seagulls is my favorite songwriting. <laughs> I just live for Same. that shit. And then I come out with an album that is so much like Flock of Seagulls. Is that an honor? Yeah. And I'm honestly asking. I'm not, is that an honor or is that, hey, man. Like maybe if you put pressure machine inspired by nebraska or something but to just yeah i will say nebraska isn't exactly like this mm-hmm. there is a lot of killers s stuff on this out nebraska is a very very slow very acoustic mm-hmm. very bruce springsteeny album and this is has a little more of that 80s yeah lighter i don't know there's something about it that sits wrong with me you should have told me to listen to that Bruce Springsteen album. Sorry. Idiot. You're such a researcher. I thought that you would find the Springsteen thing. I found that he super loves Springsteen and I found that this was inspired by Springsteen. I didn't see the Nebraska album on there. I just don't associate the killers with this. The killers are such a flashy yeah. look at me in Vegas in my suit band. No, and I think having it come having it come out when it did in the middle of a worldwide pandemic just makes mm-hmm. it like all the more depressing. And I think that that's what that vibe that kind of got me down was. Let's make everybody that's depressed feel exponentially worse about their lives because they they wrote this because their tour got canceled and so they're like let's go back and write some shit brandon's like hey i have this great idea let's write about the shitty town that i grew up in and every possible Mm -hmm. horrible thing that's ever happened there there are things that you said in that that makes me think that there are some things that you maybe don't love about this album i shouldn't say that maybe are unsure about i'm not unsure and i'm going to bring up again what i brought up before is this album is the requiem for a dream of albums. Don't you dare take something you said about Joy Division and turn it into the killers. I will be so upset. <laughs> One of the top 10 films of all time, in my opinion. But like, I don't want to watch it in my free time. I can't say that it it wasn't one of the best films ever made. It's really, really, really good. Mm-hmm. And the same thing with this is, you know, it's not the best album ever made. I'm not correlating it in that fashion. But I'm saying like... This was really, really well done. It covered so many different ways that life can be shitty in a small town. Stuff that you just don't think about, whether you're the shitty small town or you're in a non-shitty town. But I don't want to dwell on it. and I don't want to listen to it repeatedly. I don't love Mm -hmm. it in, in that way. But it was well done. Did any of it hit personally for you? I, was it? Yeah, I think a lot of it resonated. And I think a lot of it can resonate with a lot of people. Because whether or not you're in a shitty town or a small town, there's, <laughs> I think a lot of it focused on being kind of stuck. Yeah. You can be stuck in lots of different ways in a shitty job, in a shitty relationship with some shitty I'll, I'll edit that out. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to. It was funny. I know. But just in these situations that we don't see a way out of. And I think in that mm-hmm. way that this is entirely relatable album for literally anyone that wants to take a time to relate to it. Yeah. And I agree. I will tell you that there were times listening to it, studying for this, and I listened to it a lot. There are a couple songs that hit home for me. I felt personally. I have a good friend actually born and raised here, but incredibly smart. She went to Columbia and she works at my job with me because I have, you know, I work with people that went to MIT, Harvard, like really fucking smart people. Like on a daily basis, I wonder if I'm going to get fired because they'll find out that I'm a complete idiot and don't deserve my job. That sounds fun. It's 
not fun to live <laughs> in my head some days. But <laughs> moving to this town, I wasn't super excited to be here at all. But honestly, having the respite of having that job, and I love my job, and I love the people I work with is really fantastic. And honestly, if I didn't have that, I don't know where my mindset would be until I had that outlet. Yeah. I was not super excited about being stuck here and working at a coffee shop and making you know yeah. $10 an hour. This album is about where Brandon Flowers grew up in Nephi, Utah, which is right. an incredibly small, incredibly country, incredibly Mormon mm-hmm. town. Idaho Falls isn't that... It's not that small. Listening to this album, and I'm agreeing, mm-hmm. I came up with comparisons growing up in Boise as a non-religious person. Yeah. And I think that certain songs on this mm-hmm. can speak to anyone that grew up in a place that was predominantly one thing and you are the other. Well, and I thought of that too, even just Boise, our graduating class was 75% enrolled in seminary, which means 75% of the kids that we went to school with were LDS. There's a lot in here about like having doubt in faith and all that stuff. And so I think that there's a lot that could be, like I said, really relatable no matter what kind of city you live in. Boise is a great big city, lots of stuff to do, lots of fun, but doesn't Mm -hmm. mean you can't find yourself in horrible situations of all these things. And it is, it's big enough to where you will find, you will eventually find your people. Yeah. Even if it's just two or three people where I can see where in a town like Nephi, that might not be the case. Finding your people Mm -hmm. or being someone else, that could be the end for you. Right. Did we talk about what the population of Nephi is? Isn't it like 3,000 or something? Currently 5,969. When he grew up, it was probably around. 600 more. There are 600 more people in that town than work at my job. <laughs> yeah. Because of that, there are things on this album that I have grown to enjoy. There are songs like the Terrible Thing song where he's talking about being a gay person <sighs> in a town like that. That yeah. It is not possible for you to be who you are without mm-hmm. feeling like you should not be like that. Especially in, mm-hmm. in those types of religions where you are taught and we grew up you might have known people I know I knew uh, one or two people that felt so much pressure from their religion Mm -hmm. not only a are they not able to be who they want to be but b they want so passionately not to be who they are because it feels wrong and that's fucking heartbreaking yeah I did think that he did a good job of well I had a girlfriend that was I think she was 27 at the time and she was very clearly very gay and she had this breakdown one day because she had gone to church she served a mission like she baptized people and she just felt like she was so much both of these things but the church wouldn't allow her to be both of these things she had to choose between being gay and being accepted by God. And that's not the case. I mean, that's not in my head. That's not the case. That's never been the case. And she was just crying because she's like, I don't, I feel so strongly. I want to be happy and I want to have a significant other, but I also want church and I want all the the blessings that come with being involved in this church. When you're ingrained to feel a specific way about things your whole life. Yeah. Even if there comes a time where you know, deep down that it's not right, you can't just Mm -hmm. flip it. It's not, it doesn't work like that. Mm-hmm. And that sucks. Have you heard the the light switch song from Book of Mormon? Yes. Yes. This worked well for them and not well for them when they would touch on the, the opioid epidemic. Right. There were some good poignant parts to it, but it didn't. Mm-hmm. To me, this album wasn't. It seemed like a lot of complaining without any end game. Right. They don't really say anything 
specific about it. And then they have like a song about a gay person. And then, then they, I don't know, there, there were parts, it seemed when you're talking about that big of issues, it just seemed like Brandon Flowers' defense. These are things Mm -hmm. that all occur in this town or have occurred in this town, but he's not involved in them necessarily. So he doesn't know the ins and outs of being gay in a small town or being wrapped up in an opioid addiction or anything like that. And so in that way, it was it was a little hard for me to listen to because it was somebody viewing from the outside. It wasn't somebody from the inside, if that makes any sense. It totally does. And I guess we'll just get here now. That's my biggest problem with this album. Absolutely. And that is why I still don't like this album. Yeah. Is to me, this has a feel of a guy that got out of his shit town mm-hmm. and now he's going back and he's recording these stupid yokels and he's putting this ominous music behind their yeah. tape recorded voices. It is not self-aware and it's a slap in the face of this town that he's calling a good town Mm -hmm. where there's these good people Yeah, that, because that's the thing, you don't go to a town and there's better or worse people. Mm -hmm. There are people that are trying to be good and there are bad people. And to me, this felt like such a, it felt like him exploiting his hometown. That's how it felt to me. There's such a thin line between bringing attention to something and exploiting it. Yeah, and it's I guess I and I, I I appreciate what he tried to do here, but I do agree with you to a degree that that yeah, this was a little tone deaf. So you might actually agree with me on this. My biggest problem with this album, and what I think could have fixed this album to make me like it way more, mm-hmm. and even call it a great album, I just hate the recordings that he put on this. I hate having the the simple folk yeah. talking about their simple lives. Once again, it really bugs me that they had this like dark, ominous tone music going yeah. in the background of these recordings. These terrible people are saying these stupid things about how they're in their town and they're mm-hmm. never going to leave and... I have a huge yeah. problem. Yeah, well, with it that. kind of feels like a rich person going into a small town making a documentary. His last fucking song that was a hit was The Man. Have you heard The Man? Uh-uh. I've got gas in the tank, got money in the bank. I got news for you, baby. You're looking at The Man. <laughs> That's the chorus to the fucking uh. song. That was his last okay. hit. Now, my, <laughs> my favorite thing about The Beatles is that. They didn't make the same album twice. Did anybody else see that sharp left turn <laughs> that we just took? They, all okay, of their albums ahead. have a different vibe. They came in and they were this like 1960s boy band and they just had this fantastic evolution to so many different types and feels of music and they did such a great job changing with the times and really evolving in their music. So in that way... I'm so into you right now. <laughs> I really Please do... Please keep talking about the Beatles. <laughs> I think it's like, okay, so I'm a big Yankees fan. We will see you next week. I have to find another female to be on the the podcast. I knew that I was going to get that because that's how I feel about the Beatles is how people feel about the Yankees. And I know that people hate the Yankees and that's fine, but I love them and I think they're great. You love them because your dad loved them. No, my dad's a Mets fan. Okay, then who loved the Yankees? Me. That's it. My grandfather. But your whole family loved the Mets? Yeah. So this is a Freudian. Yes. (laughs) You love the Yankees because your whole family loved the Mets. (laughs) That's very likely. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, go ahead with your point. Stripes are very slimming. My point is this point was about the Beatles. Everybody loves the Beatles. 
And so it makes me not want to love the Beatles. People that are obsessed with Chick-fil-A and then other people are like, fuck Chick-fil-A. I fucking hate Chick-fil-A. And it has nothing to do with their homophobia. <laughs> but just because other people are obsessed, it makes them want to not like it. It's like and when 99 out of 100 scientists tell you get a vaccination, you say, wait, fuck, fuck that. that. Right? Exactly. That's exactly. Yeah. I appreciate the Beatles. <laughs> I appreciate the Beatles. I think they have great music. I really do. I just am not like I think over the Beatles. Starting the season, you might start to like them more. That's fine. Foreshadow. Oh. Okay. So what the fuck does that have to do with the killer's pressure machine? <laughs> I don't remember where I was going with this. Oh, I remember. <laughs> I remember it was the it was the fact that the Beatles put out different vibes on different albums. Gotcha. Like if you okay. you can identify Brandon Flowers' voice, but outside of outside of that, like yes. this album is not anything that I've ever I've ever heard from the killers before. Okay. You respect that they're trying something very new. Yes. Got it. Yeah, I can agree with that. I mean, for all intents and purposes, this is totally the type of album that I should love. It's dark, it's depressing, mm -hmm. it's about calling out specific parts of society that will shun certain people. It's very much up my alley. Mm -hmm. There's just things about it that I hate. And you just talked about one of them. And I think this is where I probably most people will agree with me. I don't think his voice works at all with this album. Hmm. On this sort of music, I want something raspy. I want like a gravelly Springsteen or a Johnny Cash or something. He's got this beautiful, light, yeah. airy tone. Mm -hmm that just doesn't fit the feel of this album at all. I mean, that kind of goes with the whole, he's an outsider, he's not somebody that's in this town. Also, can I just tell you, every time you look at the camera, I just want to say, don't look at the camera. <laughs> that's part of the reason why I struggled so bad with recording is because you're not supposed to look at the camera. When you're- Says who? Every film set ever. You don't look at the camera. No. Yes. I don't think that's true for YouTube and stuff. Well, YouTube. Oh, yes. Sorry. YouTube. Yes. But. Oh, you're saying like you and I don't look at the camera. Don't look at the camera. You understand we're not shooting a major motion picture, right? I'm aware. We're podcasting. I know. You just don't want me to look at Then you. it looks like you're looking at me. This is the weirdest. Okay. Oh. I will try my hardest no, not to look at the camera. you can do whatever you want to do. I'm just saying it's throwing me <laughs> off. You're your own man. I don't like his voice with the album. I also think a lot of his lyrics are so on the nose that it's really silly. Yeah. Um, they could have been more developed. I would get to where like, yeah, this album's good. And then all of a sudden he would say, Coca-Cola smile, honeysuckle grin. And I'd be like, nope, this album's fucking stupid. That was weird. I didn't, I didn't love that line. Or we talked about when he said good to the last drop. Which was the whole song's rhyming and everything. And then he does this weird Maxwell House ad. Maxwell House. That's get. what it was. I was trying to remember. Yeah. So I get that he was trying to put in like, what song was that in? Pressure Machine. You're right. But he was mentioning all these things that were very middle classy, white collar sort of mm -hmm. things. And so I think he was just like, oh, what, should, what else should we add in there? Happy Meals. People that are poor have Happy Meals, right? Which is funny because people that are poor don't go to McDonald's because Happy Meals are like 5 or $6 these days. Yeah. And it's a lot cheaper yeah. to not go to McDonald's now. So that's a little out of touch, actually. I don't like a lot of those things. I didn't like the forced twang that he's doing at the end, too. I think it's in Pressure Machine, too. He's doing this weird forced twang. Yeah. There's a really funny part because I listen, I did. I listen to this album a lot. And every time I got to the song Cody, there is a lyric. And I remember the very first time I heard this album. In the second verse, it starts with Cody's always got one on the line. He likes to walk him by the wrist. He does his pulling with his eyes. And I remember before the even the other line started, I go, does he do his talking with his fists? And then he said, he does his talking <laughs> with his fists. It's just the most fucking obvious 
Yeah. And now, anytime I listen to the album, it's one of my favorite songs when it comes on because I get to go, does he do his talking with his fists? <laughs> and I do that now. That might be way up high on my Spotify just because it's so fun to say that to yeah. Brandon Flowers. Other than that, I mean, I have notes on songs. I, th I think a lot of them are boring. I think a lot of them are fine. There are a few really good songs on here. Mm -hmm. The last thing that I will complain about on this, that it didn't hit me until I was really studying for this. What a fucking waste of getting Phoebe Bridgers. Yeah. Have her harmonize with you for the last two choruses in a verse. I don't get that. Phoebe Bridgers is fucking awesome. Mm -hmm. Use her. I get the whole duet country thing. Did not like that. Are, were you a big fan of the Phoebe Bridgers? What was it? Runaway Horses? That, yeah. That 20 seconds was great. <laughs> So yeah, big fan. Exactly. <laughs> We've had that treadmill now for months. I think she might have used it once. If I shut my mouth and keep the peace, she'll cook my eggs and bacon grease. This is a rich douchebag looking down on poor people. There. Yeah. That's my last bitch about this album. <laughs> I did like the writer in me because the writing was like almost there. But again, outsider looking in. I really loved the bookend illusion of the the train. Yeah, I liked that. I really liked when he used it as a metaphor in one of the songs where he's talking about a relationship. And I'm sorry, I'm, I wish I had the lyrics in front of me, but I remember being very impressed by that. And then having the train at the end, you know, the story behind Quiet Town is this, mm -hmm. these kids got killed when he was in high school that were older yeah. than him from the train and the train just representing, I think it was the beginning of, of that. The train is it's, a way to find your way, way out, out of this life yeah. if you get hit by it. Yep. That's how that guy sees it. But there's also like... From the outside looking in, you can say, or you could get on the train and then leave the town. Or if you are stuck there, it's this brutal, constant reminder that there are other places yeah. every day. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I thought that was good. I like that. Mm -hmm. I think that's all we have. Yeah. We're going to get into awards and categories. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back. So I'll be in my head like all day. Can't get out of bed. I'll be in there all day to no end. It's hard to be are back the song coming out of the last break hard by steven.dmg featuring jordan baby woods really glad that we were able to feature this artist in this episode really great stuff support the independence once again hard to be so lonely the ep that came out last year having more stuff come out this year go listen to that uh, first song that I put on, Happy Boy. Just listen to the lyrics. As a uh, jaded old grump hearing a younger person write lyrics like this, it made me happy. Steven.dmg. Thanks again. Let's get into awards and categories on Pressure Machine by The Killers. Rachel, how unique is this album? I think it's pretty unique. I don't know the last album I heard that was so singularly focused on something. I don't think it's very unique, but I do think it's unique for them. And I do think it's refreshing, a refreshing style of album to come out. I like that. For those of you at home, Rachel is making my editing way harder. <laughs> I was hungry. What's the target audience for this album? <laughs> I wrote down sad people. I wrote down me. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> yeah. I honestly <laughs> think it's me. I think it's people my age have a lot of the same belief systems that I do. Mm -hmm. We already talked about influences and influencees. It's all the old country. It's it's Springsteen and Cash. Did you have anybody else that you had thought of for that? Is that is ex exactly what I wrote. John Popper, what is the best hook 
on this album for you? I wouldn't say it's the best hook, but it's the hookiest hook, which is just West Hills. Like, I feel like that... The free in the West Hills. stuck in my head more than any of the other songs. That's cool. Yeah? Mine is the chorus for In Another Life. The, oh, yeah. That was catchy. When will I make it home when I damn well feel like driving? That's a really, really outstanding chorus. Yeah. And that was one of the few songs on here where I thought the lyrics were incredible. Where it was a very empathetic view into, like we talked about, people that have been stuck somewhere and are looking at their significant other and wondering, are you with me because I was here or Mm -hmm. are you with me because you're in love with me? There's a lot of just really, really poignant messages for people that are our age, probably, that you start thinking about a lot. Between their first and second divorces. (laughs) Yes, exactly. (laughs) Time of your life award. Rachel, sad sad but true. (laughs) What is the worst song on this album? I don't know, man. Probably Pressure Machine. Really? Yeah. Even though I don't think it's good to the last drop. I think it was lazy to the last drop. I think a lot of the writing on it was lazy. I think there were a lot of good parts that he hit, but then a lot of, like I said, the Happy Meal thing kind of really threw me off. I grew up not swimming in it and we did not get happy meals we got dominoes no, hell no dominoes sometimes yeah. it was as fast foody like as my family got 50 cent burger king chicken sandwich or something like that yeah Ooh, that's fancy yeah definitely not happy meals though i completely agree with you although my least favorite song is desperate things oh desperate things comes at a time in this album they've had a couple of really good songs in a row mm-hmm Hang on, somebody's knocking on my door. Okay. Sorry about it. What the fuck was that? I don't know, probably some Mormon trying to get me to move to Nephi. (laughs) Desperate Things is such a wannabe, how do I say it? Brandon Flowers is trying so hard to be Cash or Springsteen in this song. And it just, it's a story I've heard a hundred times in a movie or a song or something. Mm-hmm. His voice with the reverb guitar trying to tell the story of the co- <laughs> I fucking hate this song. I think it's so bad. Mm-hmm. I really do. I think it definitely pushed a little too far. Like this is a guy- He's at our local hero sports bar. What yeah. the fuck are you talking about? That's terrible. Yeah. <laughs> Rachel. Yeah. What's your third favorite song on this album? <sighs> oh, drinking game wise, by the way, we would have had to drink if we both had the same least favorite song, which we didn't. If we do have all three of the same favorite songs, we do have to take three shots. Wait. Okay. One more time on the rules. If all three of us, if uh, all three, all of, three us, of us, if, if all two of us <laughs> have... The same three favorite songs. Doesn't have to be in the same order. We take mm-hmm. three shots. Oh. Yeah. All or nothing. We won't. We won't. Desperate Things is one of your favorite songs? No. Well, then you don't know, um, bro. So what's your third favorite song on this album? Bro, In Another Life. Okay. And I think that one was because it was just the most relatable to absolutely everyone that listened to the album, I think. Yeah. I think people of a certain age, and I might cut this out, I might not, but I am especially in a time in my life right now mm-hmm. where I frequently think about this shit. And it's rough when you get to that part of life where you're really thinking about this. Yeah. So good call on that. My third favorite song is In the Car Outside. Ooh, okay. And you picked that for my favorite. And I picked that for your favorite? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I did. Which you know, because I'm sure you remember that. 
Uh, oh no, I don't remember so, that. My memory is horrible, and all of my notes were I, on the computer that died. That's the joke, Rachel. Oh. <laughs> yeah. In the Car Outside is my third favorite song. Unfortunately, Fuck. I will not owe a shot. Four favorite songs anyway. Rachel, what is your second favorite song on this album? Um, second favorite song on this album is Quiet Town. Uh, I, I did not like that song at all. That's fine. This is when I felt that it got to start being a little, look at these salt of the earth. Yeah simpletons i think it because had it had the most train illusions in it there was an actual story behind it that he actually lived but also when the harmonica came on i was like what's that noise mama and i said that's a harmonica and he got really excited anyway you gotta start showing him some dylan yeah come on i know i know my second favorite song on this album and now I'm starting to think that I really got your favorite song wrong. And I mm-hmm. feel stupid about it. My second favorite song in this is West Hills. Really? It's such a well-written song. Not necessarily the lyrics. The lyrics are fine. I actually like the end verse, surprisingly, where he's talking about how this guy is found guilty. Mm-hmm. He's going to have to do 15, what is it, 15 years? And he's saying, I'm not, I can't do that. I'm going to kill myself. And just having faith that the God that he believes in will still accept him into heaven. It's well-written and it's kind of deep stuff to me. I liked that. And that's not to mention the production, mm-hmm. the really cool piano sound, the mandolin in it. It's very, very well put sure. together song. What's your favorite song on the album, Rachel? Terrible Thing. Really? Yeah. So that's the one about the gay kid that's thinking about killing himself, right? Yeah. Song three, yep. probably? Yep, that was three. So that's your favorite. Yeah, I think it was the most, it had the most feeling in it and like raw feeling. Like you actually can get yourself inside this kid's head because I feel like there's all times, obviously not to not to that extreme necessarily, but all times where you feel like you can't be yourself around a certain group of people or in your town mm-hmm. or whatever. But yeah, I felt like that was the most, that was really relatable. And I liked that. I would agree with that. My favorite song on this album <laughs> is In Another Life. No, it, it wasn't. It really was. It was the um, one I picked. <laughs> which one did you pick again? In the car outside. Oh, good job. Yeah, it spoke to me. The chorus is incredible. I should have known that. Really well put together. And that is my favorite song. Uh, I honestly kind of thought it would be West Hills going into this, but it is not. I think West Hills is the best song in this album. I think In Another Mm -hmm. Life is my favorite. That's how I would put it. That's fair. Rachel, who won this album? Um... Hillbilly heroin pill distributors everywhere. I would argue with you. That's what I wrote. Because this is, if anything, bringing attention to the opioid epidemic, which is making people in Nephi say, whoa, 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 we need to do something about these opioids that these Hollywood kids are talking about now. Right. We have those opioid dealers saying, hey, why are you calling out Nephi? And now Brandon Flowers is in trouble with the opioid dealers. (laughs) This is season five of Ozark. (laughs) But then I didn't know that there were less expensive opioids now there's this availability of like oh well i didn't know i could oh rachel also (laughs) sweet sweet rachel in season one we taught rachel what a bong hit was in season two we teach rachel that there are cheap opioids (laughs) what's in season three i don't know i'm really excited though you live in idaho falls aren't half your friends addicted to them we get drug tested all the time i've gotten my hair cut out like they they don't don't fuck fuck around. around i am saying that most of the music scene won this album because i'm telling you I really honestly went through a there's got to be a part of me that's wrong about this because I did start looking at reviews 
of this after I started to hem my own opinion. And holy shit, it's pop. Every review was mm-hmm. brilliant new album by Killers sort mm-hmm. of thing. Whatever happened to you finding funny Amazon reviews? I decided that these should be a little bit different. There's a couple okay. topics we're not. I felt like it's a little bit of a, I'm trying to make this more debate and even keeled then sure. if we praise it too much or shit on it too much, then it's leaning it toward one person or the others. That's yeah, fair. Tried to be as fair as possible. Rachel, what did you rate this album? I'm going to go with like a 7.5 out of 10. Wow, you're leaving your uh, out of four scale. Yeah. 3.2 out of <laughs> four. I don't fucking know. <laughs> so C plus. Yeah, like I said, the lyrics were so close. I think that they were really creative. I'm gonna. So you seemed, but not studying for this. Uh-huh. How much more did you listen to the album? A lot. That's why I'm so sad. So my question is then, because you seemed way more in love with this album mm-hmm. last year, did listening to this a bunch getting ready for this maybe lower your opinion of it a teeny bit? Maybe from love to like or. Are you just, I mean, maybe, maybe it was like honeymoon stage and now like you're like the first year in and you're like, eh, it's still doing working out once a week. That sort of thing. Yeah. (laughs) I worked out twice last week. No, not you specifically. Three three times. Let's not brag. You will go running all the time. Rachel, you wagered one shot (sighs) on my rating of this album. What Mm -hmm. did you say I would rate this album? Three. A three out of 10. Now, for those of you at home, one shot. If she is within two points, nobody shoots. If she is within one point, I shoot. If she is outside of two points, she takes a shot. Rachel, you are going to take a shot. Mm. So if you would ask me that on the quick fire review, I think you would have either been at a draw. I think it was a five out of 10 until I started studying for this. I actually gave this seven out of 10 middle-aged men kicking rocks and contemplating life. What? This is a perfectly acceptable album, which is what I see. It's a C. This album is a C. I don't think it's as good as everybody thinks. That's interesting. But there are three, maybe even four songs on here that I really like. And after spending some time with it, there's only one or two things that really actually piss me off about this I feel album. like we're very close. Uh, that's one thing that I emotionally picked up on on this. This was surprising for me. This wasn't so much of an argument as I thought it would be. We actually agreed on a ton more shit mm-hmm. on this album than I thought we would. Quit stalling. Pay your penance. I'll drink with you. Cheers. Rachel has made shot face. Final question of this episode. I know the answer for Rachel is always going to be no, but I have to ask anyway. Did this conversation change your mind at all about the album? Maybe a little bit. How and why? Coming into it, maybe I was a little nicer about the writing, but I feel like you pointed out a couple of things that made me think like, yeah, they all could have done better. Buying his wife a treadmill and her not using it really pissed you off, didn't it? What an asshole. Right. Two things. Listening to this album more made me change my mind on it. And having this conversation with you go so much less of an argument than I thought it would makes me feel better about how I feel about this album. I feel like I'm taking it a little easier on it and I feel a little bit justified thanks to Rachel's opinions. Hey, here's where you're wrong went pretty well this time. This was the opposite of Blackpink, I would say. <laughs> Thank you, everybody. Versecoursefirst.com at Versecoursefirstpod. 
Join us next week. I should say join me next week. What do you get when an ADHD OCD stats nerd man decides he wants to figure out who his favorite band and the best band of all time is? <laughs> you get the next episode. And that's going to be interesting. It'll be fun. Thank you, everybody, for listening. I think that's all. Good night and good luck. Say miss you. Miss you. God damn. You can't even do your fucking tagline, woman. <laughs> Oh,